the first time I earned any sort of money, I did a webinar. I felt so guilty asking people for money. So I actually charged £2.50. If you can impact one person, mm-hmm. like that's job done. It's really not that deep, but we convince ourselves it is. When we're building community, it's really important to reward interaction. LinkedIn has the most insane organic reach. I type exactly how I would talk. Best people on LinkedIn take their offline selves online. Anxiety disorder for 11 years now. When I'm on that stage tonight, I'll probably look like the most confident person in the world, but internally, heart palpitations. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, joined this week by the infamous Sophie Miller, founder of Pretty Little Marketer. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, that was a very kind introduction, but thank you so much for having me. I am good to have you. I've been doing this a while, been doing PLM a while, but still surprised when I get invited to do these fun things. So thank you. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) They're always nice, aren't they? Those kind of opportunities that I guess take you outside of your own Mm -hmm. business because you kind of realize, oh, maybe this is more than just me sat yeah. on my phone all day like mm-hmm. there's people there's there's things that I can do yeah totally I am um, I was at an event on the weekend with a bunch of like LinkedIn people and it was really strange seeing the people I normally see in my phone in yes. real life so yeah totally like you almost forget that what you see on that screen actually happens out in the big wide world so yeah no, yeah it's crazy sometimes my thing's always forgetting that people are 3D yeah. which makes me sound so <laughs> dim but I'm like oh you're not just like your profile yeah. picture mm-hmm. like oh that's the back of your head <laughs> yeah you have a body people are like <laughs> no. it's always oh you're taller or shorter like there's mm-hmm. always something that you don't expect do you think I would be as short as I am I think you come across I think the the sweetness of your online brand kind of makes me think that you're a petite human which I think kind mm-hmm. of matches up at the weekend a lot of people are like, oh I, th- I thought you'd be taller like in a polite way they, they were nice but yeah I often get told people think I'm taller but I'm actually I'm five Five one almost, so quite small. But you pack a punch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got to be tall. It's true to bring a lot in life. My mum calls me travel size, um, travel so, size. <laughs> so that's fun. I mean, very good for fitting on budget airlines. Yeah, where you don't need much, much leg room. Mm-hmm. There you go. You're an easy traveller. Easy peasy. It's a great way to be. Uh, so aside from being five foot one, <laughs> you are so many other things. Obviously within what you do with Pretty Little Marketer and also I know what you do kind of in your own freelance work. Can you take us back to the start of all of that? Because mm-hmm. you've not actually been going very long in the grand yeah. scheme of things. I always feel like my origin story is just not exciting. I feel like so many people have those stories where they're selling lemonade as, as a child or <laughs> they had like entrepreneurial families and like it's in their blood. But for me, like I never imagined I would run my own business, start my own business. I started PLM in June 2020 and it was I think it was the 21st or 22nd what a time to start a business just uh, yeah. after lockdown began uh-huh. well I never started PLM as a business um it was on a Sunday um I think we were like almost at the end of our first UK lockdown so like help out to eat out was on its way like good oh, times was what a summer I think about it all the time Rishi did um, us a solid that summer he did I mean not so much anymore no. but you know he was good to us then. We liked him um, then. We did. Um, and yeah, so like there were, there were good vibes on the way. Um, I had just finished my second year of university and um, I went to university a little later than kind of tradition in the UK. I went to university at 21. So when you would usually be finishing, I was starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had just finished my second year. I think I was 23. The years go by so quick. I think I was 23. It's crazy, isn't it? I struggle to remember yeah. when things happen. You know, people that can just play things. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. 2019. Uh-huh. that was when I was 23 I'm like that well, yeah I, pff, the last five years know. are one 
Yes. Um, my partner, I think it was yesterday, he was like, Sophie, how old are you? I was like, oh, one second. I actually <laughs> need to like calculate it. Um, but yeah, so I had just finished my second year of university and um, I was essentially on myself having a breakdown. So not, you know, I wasn't like sat planning and dreaming about my future. Mm. I had this moment of realization when I was like, right, I've, I've just finished second year, awesome. But now I have one year of uni left. I need to figure it all out. I need to know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. I need to, you know, calculate all of my grades for the past two years. I need to start writing my dissertation a whole year early. Like absolutely just spiraling, worrying about what was next because I didn't have it figured out right now. I did marketing, advertising and branding. I actually hated university. I don't know if it was just my course and my uni in particular. Because um, I speak to a lot of marketers who are like, I loved it. It was so awesome. I got to be so creative. Um, I really like argued with my lecturers. I was taught through lockdown virtually and everything was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. So I think maybe it's just me and my misaligned expectations. But yeah, hated hated all of it I find that so interesting because I didn't go to school so Mm -hmm. I left a levels early to start the business and I think it's really interesting to kind of I guess have that debate with people based on everyone's experiences Mm -hmm. of that classic question of to be in marketing do you need a university Mm -hmm. degree if so what role does that play and Mm -hmm. I think what I've noticed from so many of my friends whether they're in business or not is that university was very much a kind of coming of age experience you know you make friends you move out it was more about maybe personal development Mm -hmm. than professional yeah did you find anything within your degree was actually useful in terms of what it is that you do now um my degree was very like theory based which is awesome I think if I slipped into like a strategic role or even like say like in an agency you're an account manager or Mm. um I don't know I think yeah uh, what I do I mean I'm self-employed so it's not really a job description like nothing can really compare you for to come prepare you for this um but yeah I think if I was in more like a strategic technical role my degree would have been awesome but I am not (laughs) um I make videos on the internet and I post um and so yeah I really struggled with that kind of misalignment um I felt like a lot of my teaching was quite outdated yeah I remember I did a presentation once I had a module called marketing agency in my final year and I was working in a marketing agency part-time so I was like yes I'm gonna do awesome like one module I actually I'm excited about this Mm. and um I put together with it was like group work classic group work it's with a group of three other girls who put together like this influencer campaign it was awesome and bear in mind I was pitching like influencer campaigns like on, on my uni days off to like multi-million pound brands um I was organizing like thousands of pieces of content so I really knew that our mm. our pitch and our presentation of uni was awesome um so we presented it to a whole class via zoom of course because it was lockdown times and we got to the end and we went to like the Q&A um and our lecturer essentially like ripped it all to pieces you know that's not how you do an influencer campaign and I I don't know if it's because I'm an Aquarius I'm an only child or just like a really stubborn (laughs) person perfect combination one of of the three three. but like something arose within me and I was like actually sir no like I I know that we are right um and ended up having it out in front of the whole class so um maybe that's tainted (laughs) tainted my experience (laughs) but um but I'm pleased and I'm proud that I was like actually 
no, like I, I know that this is right. So. Yeah, and just shows you can learn so much more mm-hmm. from experience than you Absolutely. can from books mm-hmm. when it comes to marketing. Yeah, 100%. I um, got that agency role during my second year, so before I started PLM. That's again one of the reasons I started PLM because I was in an influencer role, but when spiraling on that Sunday thinking about my future, I knew it was socials or at least something more creative than kind of mm-hmm. influencer marketing assisting that I wanted to, to be in. Um, and so I was Googling, we're, we're in a spiral, we're in our heads. Uh, yeah. I'm Googling um, jobs in marketing. I'm on Indeed. I, you know, I, I'm trying to do up my CV, my cover letter, all at the same time. Um, and it was this one Google that tipped me, <laughs> tipped me over the end. And I was like searching really simply for words not to use on your CV. So like common turnoffs, what are the overused words? What are like, you know, like, passionate like the words that you can't tangibly like talk through on your cv and every single website said something different and i was like right Mm. that's it gotta take matters into my own hands and i really like i can't remember how i got from stressing on the sofa to opening my laptop and starting an instagram page called pretty digital marketer but in that moment I did. Um, so I started an Instagram page and now I'm here talking to you about <laughs> it. So I feel like it's the most unexciting origin story compared to some, but um grateful that stressy Sophie was having an awful Sunday because it's turned into something really great. And I mean, I don't think that is a bad origin story no. at all. I think, first of all, we always think our story is really dull, right? Because it's uh-huh. your story. And yeah. you're like, this is so, like, mm-hmm. I've not only had to live it, but I've had to tell it so many times. So, like, it's really boring. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you don't care. It's always more interesting to mm-hmm. other people, right? Totally. And I think what you've shared in your origin story, you know, it's something that I notice in so many people's stories mm-hmm. that I chat to on this podcast or who are clients or friends is that you solved a problem that yeah. you noticed mm-hmm. and that you were experiencing yourself. Mm-hmm. And actually, by the sounds of it, it was quite an accidental business Absolutely. where you, you didn't sit down mm-hmm. one day and go, I, I, Sophie Miller, I want to be a business owner. I want yeah. to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So let's come up with a list of business ideas. Like mm-hmm. I actually have never spoken to anyone yeah. who's told me that was how it begun. Oh, I love that. It's mm-hmm. always, I was made redundant. So yeah. I had to figure out how to mm-hmm. work for myself or like you, you've, or like you experienced, I had a problem. Yeah. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll be the solution. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all these different scenarios where I guess we're kind of nudged into starting something. And it's, yeah, not that we sat down and thought, I'm going to build this massive community and I'm going to host workshops and be an event speaker and a freelance <laughs> marketer. It's not that, is it? You almost not pull a thread mm-hmm. and then you just see where it takes you. Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder when I was 14. So my whole life since then, or even like pre-diagnosis, I've always, like hence the breakdown, on the Sunday resulting in PLM, like I've always been... I, I want to know what's next so I can plan and I can prepare and I want to know, you know, the next five years I'm going to go to uni, get a placement, graduate, get a grad scheme. But as soon as I started PLM, it's like all of that, like totally went out of the window. I don't think LinkedIn might disagree, but I don't think you can plan for or in entrepreneurship at all. Every day is different. I don't know what I'm going to be up to next year, next week. But I think that's like terrifying, but also exciting. You've got to be a special person to run your own business. You um, absolutely do. I <laughs> think what, wild. You, what you were saying earlier of being maybe a stubborn person, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. being someone who's just kind of willing to create a solution. Yeah. I think we forget that's not normal. No. Not many people go, <laughs> oh, I've got a problem. Maybe I'll create the solution. Most yeah. people just go, oh, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'll, well. I'll go to my Domino's <laughs> for dinner and watch I'm a Celebrity. Not, maybe I should start a community that changes yeah. that. But I love that that's where your mind went to. What did the timeline then look like from first setting up that community mm-hmm. to actually realizing, oh, this could turn into a business? There's, yeah. there's income here. Mm-hmm. When I started PLM, I never imagined it would be like monetized. I never even thought it could or, or would be my job. I was just coasting along in my influencer role. I was like, applying to grad schemes everywhere hoping to get a job ready for the following year yeah um the first time I earned any sort of money through PLM I did a webinar about six months later so it was early December and I felt so guilty felt so guilty asking people for money for Mm. little old me to talk so I actually charged £2.50 I charged £2.50 for (laughs) everyone to come to my webinar um £2.50 what a number as well because I I see people do £1 workshops Uh but I feel like that's like the extreme yeah I love it. Two pound fifty. And I remember I um, at the time and still now we had a PLM Facebook group, just like a more intimate space for everyone to connect. And um, I put it in the group. I put the link in. I was like, guys, I do my first ever a webinar. Just you know, like I'm so sorry that I have to charge for it. And I just felt like I felt awful. <laughs> and I so many lovely community members. Like, so like, what are you on about? Like, you don't need to feel sorry at all. So I think that was the first moment when I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like maybe there are like options. Mm yeah but even then I didn't sit and think like right I'm gonna I'm gonna build a massive business gonna yeah. move to Bali and do all these amazing things that you see on TikTok it was actually in January 2021 um I started freelancing um so that was when like self-employment actually started um I left my role in the influencer agency in December 2020 for a new role but that role fell through quite last minute um so January 2021 I think we were in I think we were going into another lockdown they, they all just into one going into another lockdown I was a student so I couldn't look for like a grad scheme or full-time role and I needed to pay my bills I got a dm on LinkedIn actually um and it was from a community member who owned an agency and it was literally hey Sophie do you freelance I was like "Mm, no but for you I do (laughs) so I replied I said oh yeah like absolutely like it's been something I've been trying to get off the ground for a while it wasn't I didn't even know what freelancing was so I'm really sorry that I lied um but they were actually my longest client well there you go you you backed yourself I don't think you lied I think Mm -hmm. you just you know put your best foot forward Mm -hmm. Uh, we've all been there when someone goes oh is this something that you offer you go yeah yeah yeah, it will be Mm -hmm. yep it will be once you inquire yeah we'll Mm -hmm. make that service no problem once you sign the contract um (laughs) yes i can do that for you i'll figure it out i'll google it yeah but i will figure it out that's what most people do right you know massively things this is what it's there for i remember when i started (laughs) i was in a meeting where someone said alice can you figure out our seo strategy and i was like absolutely mm-hmm. honestly nigel mm-hmm. you just leave it with me yeah. i <laughs> genuinely remember being sat in the toilet being mm-hmm. like seo yeah what does this mean <laughs> i am um, i'm doing a panel later today and we had a round table last week so essentially like all the speakers in the house we were on zoom and we walked through the topics they wanted to talk through had conversations so they can create some questions and um they were talking about agile marketing it's a word I've heard before we've all heard the word agile I had no idea what it meant word though isn't um, it so like as they were talking they were like okay like walk through the question and you know when like even in class or wherever you are you know you're going to be picked on first yep I knew I could feel it in my soul um so I quickly opened up a tab and I was like definition of agile um so even still you know googling as we go there I quickly go. saved myself and I think I gave a good answer um I can't quite remember it for tonight so well, I also can't remember what agile means so um there'll be some more googling going yeah, on this uh-huh. afternoon I've got space I'll, I'll do it in the yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah no totally I think everyone 
entrepreneur, freelancer, full-time worker, mum, dad, parent. We're all just figuring things Making out it up as, as you go, go along. along. And I think when we recognise that it's not just us who has no idea, like it is quite beautiful, I suppose. You know, we're in it together. We're just on this rock in space. We don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, very much making it up still two and a half years later as love that and I don't know if that making it up as you go along mm-hmm. ever ends no nope. mm-hmm. I remember thinking when I started I'd look at people further along than me and I'd attach the weirdest measures of success I'd yeah. be like oh mm-hmm. when I've got 10,000 Instagram followers totally. when I'm fully booked with clients mm-hmm. then I'm going to feel like I've made it and then I reached those points and was like if anything I feel more scared <laughs> yeah. and less mm-hmm. sure of what I'm doing totally. than I did at the start mm-hmm. now I'm more stressed literally <laughs> But it's all part of the process, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Totally. Did you find in those early days any fear or imposter syndrome? Because so you started young, Mm -hmm. you were also female. I think both of those things, I believe, can be real superpowers, Mm -hmm. but can also be things that I think people find limiting. What were your experiences in those early days, I guess, as you started to put yourself out there? Good question. Anxiety disorder for 11 years now. So a lot of kind of my thoughts stem from that. I, when I started freelancing in January, um, PLM was a community of, I think around 8,000 at that point, which is wild, on Instagram. But I didn't want to change that community feel to start getting clients and monetizing. Um, so I actually jumped platforms um, and I started posting as myself, as Sophie on LinkedIn. And that's where I started finding clients and business so I could kind of protect our like fun little community on Instagram. Um, and again, not try and take £2.50 from anyone because I was afraid. <laughs> and I remember posting like social media tips or like my thoughts on digital marketing or I would screenshot news or current events and then share my thoughts on them. Every time I got a comment, didn't matter what I was doing, I could be in the shower, I could be in the bath, I could be driving. Every time I got a comment, I would like open up my phone, petrified that someone's gonna be like, no, you're wrong, or like completely mm. kind of devalue what I was saying. Um, I think for many reasons, like young female putting yourself out, anxiety disorder. The internet's also a scary place. And I think when I first started posting mm. on LinkedIn, it was very different to like the kind of vibes and community that we have on there now. I did a post a few weeks ago about Elon Musk and, and Twitter and what it means for marketers. Um, and even still, like after I've created a piece of content, I'll almost sit there and be like, oh, what could someone what could someone say about this? Like, mm. If someone was to pick it apart, what is the worst that they could say to almost like prepare yourself yeah. just in case? Maybe it's me just seeing like the worst in the internet and the worst in humanity, but no, yeah, I think it, it's scary putting yourself out there, especially on the internet when you, you don't know who you're gonna end up in front mm. of. They might know all of your story and love you for it, or they might know none of it, and or they might know all of it and hate you for it. So yeah, you just, it's a spectrum and, and you never know. Completely. And I know so many listeners will have heard that and just breathed a sigh of relief mm-hmm. going, oh gosh, I'm not the only totally. one. Mm-hmm. Because it can be so easy to look at people. I mean, you show up online so consistently. Mm-hmm. So it's always so on brand. Like everything you post, I'm just like, how does she do it? It's so good. <laughs> and I think it can be easy to look at that output and think, oh, well, Sophie obviously just finds it easy. Yeah. She obviously doesn't face any of the kind of mental or practical blocks that mm-hmm. I might. I mean, I even know for me personally, that's a massive thing as well. Of I overthink what's the worst thing someone could comment about this. I don't think what if this has a great impact? I think what if someone hates it? What yeah. if they hate me? What if they judge me? You feel those feelings, but you still show up. You still post the stuff. So okay. how do you how do you do that? Like despite feeling, I guess, some of that fear, mm-hmm. how do you then get yourself to still 
do the thing. I remember a week into starting PLM. Um, so in the first week, I think we, and I always say we when I talk about PLM because it's a community, but I am, I, I'm a team of one, so, so it's just I. I always say like PLM would be nothing without the community. Um, it would just be me shouting online and, and making things pink. I think it was, yeah, a weekend, we were about 200 followers, which was wild. I had never seen that number on the internet before and I got a message from somebody um I can't remember like word for word what they said um but essentially saying that they felt how I felt so they were a second year student they were also nervous about graduating Mm. in that first week I'd shared like who I was and my story I did like a little hello post um I shared some tips about like how to how to create an awesome CV because I'd also um I was in that influencer role and got really awesome feedback on my application so it's kind of like sharing my journey and my thoughts yeah and just when I got that message and someone was like oh like thank you for sharing that because now I feel better I, I used to have it screenshotted but then I got a new phone and I lost everything so we'll never know we'll never know what they said <laughs> word for word but just recognizing that you know if I or, or you listening putting anything out there online if you can impact one person mm. like that's job done so yeah I think that that was the moment for me a weekend when I was like oh okay like there's again like we we were saying before we started recording like there's people the other side of the screen that you can actually tangibly impact and you can either do that in a really awesome way you can share your story you can inspire someone you can educate them or you can be like a moaning molly on LinkedIn and completely kind of like disregard and, and devalue what they're saying. And that powers up to you. Um, and also who you give that power to is also mm. up to you. So yeah, I always think back to that, that one DM and been very lucky to have many more similar since. But just knowing that, uh, you know, I might get one crappy comment from Colin 50 account manager (laughs) from you know Sussex but actually what about the 10 students who have read it Mm. and felt confident now applying for their dream role or you know reaching out to that person they look up to there's always a bigger picture that's more than just oh what if I get a crappy comment like it's not I it's we um so yeah kind of zooming out of that which can be really hard sometimes yeah um and yeah trying to focus on on those good things I think you make a great point in there as well which is like remembering and acknowledging that positive feedback Mm -hmm. something I was reflecting on last week is how I noticed that in my business if there's nine things that go well Mm -hmm. but one thing that goes wrong my brain just thinks that that one thing that went wrong is everything Mm -hmm. and that's all that I focus on and I think it's a mindset shift isn't it and I don't think it can happen overnight but the more that you acknowledge the positive evidence like that dm Mm -hmm. saying thank you so much I'm so glad you do what you do I guess the easier it is to be reminded why you do what you do and yeah. why it's worth the risk of that 10% and it's not even 10% is it it's always such a small mm-hmm. such a small fragment but yeah. mm-hmm. they're always the ones that get in your head aren't they absolutely and I love that you said that like always going back to like your your why um I think any business owner or even like you know if you're in full-time employment if you're a parent when things get hard it can be really easy to be like oh what am I doing this? I'm tired. Work for myself is difficult. You know, I, I hate my boss. I don't want to commute anymore. Mm. But why did you start? Like, what what do you love? Why are you passionate about what you do? And almost like re-reminding yourself of that. Um, it's really important for me. Um, I always see that I'm really lucky to, to love what I do. I get messages all the time. Like, how do I do what, what you do? Like, it's so awesome. Um, and almost forcing myself some days when things, you know, 
those that one thing out of 10 does go bad like forcing yourself to be grateful I could be doing many other things right now and they could potentially not be as awesome as what I am doing mm. um so yeah forcing myself into that <laughs> that positive hole um I find quite <laughs> quite useful some days yeah I think sometimes you need a bit of tough love as well don't yeah. you have like mm-hmm. come on yeah we're, we're very lucky mm-hmm. We worked hard to be here, yeah. mm-hmm. just having a bad day. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and speaking of your why, do you still feel as connected to that passion and desire, I guess, to open up the field of marketing, start these conversations, educate people, bring more people into the industry, as you did on that Sunday I'm when you first set it up? Every day, if not more. There are some weeks I work for myself, by myself. I'm usually just at home alone. Um, or my partner also works from home, but he's in, like, we've got, like, our own separate room so we can work. There are some days where I just have, like, no human contact till it gets to 5pm and I crawl out of my dressing room, my office, and I'll be like, oh, hi, James, you're here too. <laughs> you know, we live together. Oh, How yeah, have you been? I, I can speak as <laughs> no, well. Yes. You know, um, I saw a TikTok the other day and it's like, you know, when like, you wake up, you're home alone and you haven't spoken to anyone in a few hours, like, you test your voice. <laughs> yeah literally I do it just before I get on a call I'm like can't yep okay yeah yep. mm-hmm. the it voice still works. is voice really easy to forget some days when it's just like me in my room like moving things on Canva or a client invoice hasn't been paid or even like s- things as silly as I posted something on Instagram that I thought people would love and it like flopped and by flop I mean it just didn't get that many likes or comments like, it's really not that deep but we convince ourselves it Massively. is but I also do one-to-ones um I did our first ever PL event last month as well um and it's whenever I speak to like people in the community in DMs Mm. where like I almost feel like my heart like sets on fire again I can literally feel it in my chest um whenever I get up for one-to-one I'll be like absolutely buzzing like oh oh, yes um whether that's to inspire someone to give freelancing a try or you know inspire someone to use LinkedIn feel a bit more confident and yeah just being able to give back to people um it's the best thing it's the best thing in the world yeah it's amazing I love that and that's what makes it all worth it Mm -hmm, isn't it the hard work going through those challenging days and I think circling back to the point we were making before of showing up despite the fear yeah it that's what motivates Mm -hmm. you right to still show up even though you might feel some of that uncertainty something that we've touched on a couple of times already is the idea of building community Mm -hmm. and you are and I don't just say this I think one of the best community builders I've ever seen I genuinely you don't see it often you know the way that you have nurtured a community of not only just really you know it's not a big audience in terms of it's just randomers Mm -hmm. like it's a very niche specific everyone seems very similar but in a positive way and also just incredibly engaged you know I see you put stuff out there and you might think something's (laughs) flopped and it's always funny isn't it how we view our stuff versus other people but people just seem to be really engaged with what it is that you've built. This might feel like an uncomfortable question, but why do you think people are so engaged in your community? I think they can see a part of themselves in PLM. Um, So when I talk about PLM, obviously Protest Marketers, the business, it's community, and I am Sophie. But I pour so much of me into PLM, whether it's talking Mm. on stories, if I share things on Instagram, it would be like how I built a community, how I started freelancing. So when you read like an infographic or a post, it's not just PLM, it's also Sophie. And Sophie isn't this like all-knowing, all-being marketer. I'm just confused, 25-year-old, 
figuring things out and I think part of that honesty and vulnerability almost like um so I love lounge underwear they're one of my favorite brands very lucky I actually freelanced with them last year which was amazing like total dream come true and, and aside from a brand they are also a community and I think as a consumer or as a community member why I love them is because again I can see part of me insecurities struggling to love me and my body for who, who I am um struggling with that like female empowerment some days and seeing them as a brand be honest about that and allow it to be a safe space to be like hey I feel like this too and it's okay if you do as well because mm. we're in it together so I think potentially even unintentionally at the beginning um but looking back now um yeah being able to look at PLM and be like oh I'm new marketer too and and I struggle just like you or just like the rest of the community that like vulnerability piece I think for me is really important um even if I'm having a bad day sometimes I like don't post on stories or like on socials when I'm having a bad day no one wants to see that you know they're here for good vibes um but when I do when you do open up a little bit I think that's where like the magic really happens and yeah so just allowing me to be like oh I don't have it all figured out and that's okay um the community seeing parts of that and kind of connecting in that I think any good brand does it um and again unstrategically from the beginning yeah Um, but yeah I think that's something that I really really recognize now and something that I think you've done brilliantly as well is not just build an engaged audience but you've also built a pretty big one as well Mm -hmm. you know I know there's lots of conversations in the marketing space but you know it's not all about the big numbers Mm -hmm. of course what we really care about is impact and sales and you know all of those more kind of micro stats you've got all of those stats going pretty well from what I can see including that total audience size. I think something I saw the other day was within a year, you'd built a community of over 140,000 people, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. Blows my mind. Now, I'm going to predict all of that came organically. You're not doing any paid ads to reach those people. No, I actually, well, I did. I remember I tried Instagram ads once. So I, even as a freelancer in the social media space, I specialize in organic. And I always say it's not by choice. It's purely because I don't understand paid media. <laughs> I don't get it at all. That's um, very honest. I but yeah, I that. actually put £20 behind a post once. Um, so, you know, I guess that helped me out. <laughs> so aside from the £20, <laughs> what really helped you, especially in the early days, mm-hmm. because... I think when it comes to building an audience, I don't know if you notice this, you start to build momentum, right? Once you get an Mm -hmm. audience of a thousand, it's easier to get to 2000. Once you get to your first Mm 10,000, it's easier to get the next 10,000 and so forth. In the early days, I guess within that first year of Mm -hmm. gaining a community, beginning to build up your Facebook group, your LinkedIn, getting clients, how did you get yourself out there? How did people find Mm -hmm. out about you and Pretty Little Marketer? I think it all comes down to community. Um, So when I do webinars, I work with clients and I actually teach community. Um, I guess as a freelancer, you could say it's my my USP or my niche. Um, And I teach often about building advocates. When you look at Gymshark, for example, you don't just see a brand, you see all Mm. the people. I cannot look on my Instagram explore page, my YouTube explore is it explore page like the home page yeah without seeing you know a fitness influencer with Gymshark in the title or Gymshark on their socks or, or on their t-shirt mm. and I think yeah again it goes back to that kind of connection piece vulnerability community when people love you and what you do they'll talk about it if you love a restaurant and you thought it was awesome you're going to tell your friends if they mm. then try it and they think it's awesome they're going to tell their friends so that circle is always widening and again like totally unstrategically from the beginning I didn't sit down and say okay in two years I want a community of a quarter of a million people from all across the globe I was just having a meltdown on a sofa um but it was around kind of last summer when I sat down and I was like oh okay 
we've got a big community here. I was starting to freelance. I just graduated and I was looking at grad scheme options. I was looking at kind of like big girl, like full-time jobs. And that was when I made the decision to be like, now, like I'm, I'm going to give PLM a shot. I'm going to see what I could do. I'm going to keep freelancing. Um, and that was the time I created like an actual marketing strategy. Um, so the first year was very much, I guess, luck uh, trying new things being vulnerable but since then it, it definitely has been more strategic and kind of figuring out those touch points with people how can I solve a problem for our community how can I understand them how can I give them ways to interact and get involved because that's really really important mm. um so yeah almost again goes back to that piece of connection be, being with people but yeah if you, if you are building a marketing strategy looking to build a community advocacy like it's the key I teach it a lot um mm. big word might need to google it um <laughs> <laughs> like agile or the a words what about some agile um, mm-hmm. advocacy agile that could advocacy. be your new niche oh, nice after tonight's event gonna you're mm-hmm. going to be an expert on agility <laughs> so you're going to be ready I'll to try. go um but yeah when again you love a restaurant you're going to tell a friend and they'll do the same um all about people for me and it's so true business is people right mm-hmm. so what it ultimately Absolutely. comes down to is that you're selling to people Mm -hmm. the more you understand people the better your business is going to be your brand is ultimately just what people think of you you don't really have any control Mm -hmm. over your brand because it's all about other people's perspectives I'd imagine then on that note a big focus for you isn't just on putting stuff out there but also engaging in conversations off the back of that is it a big focus for you you know replying to dms being in your comment sections what does that look like for you to actually build community past the post it's something i i should be better at um when you're a team of one so i post on instagram every day sophie's linkedin um plm linkedin tiktok facebook group um also recently started on twitter not sure how long it's going to be there or i'm going to be there but you know i'm Give having, it a, I'm having fun, fun so far it used to be a bigger priority um I used to have like time in my diary for going through dms replying to comments and I think yeah absolutely like giving back um I always say that when we're building community it's really important to reward interaction or is it when you're training a pet you know if you if you reward them for being awesome then they're likely to do it again not just that but you know building that community as you said um I always want plm to be positioned as not this is plm and this is you like almost speaking down and teaching but like actually Mm. this is a place for everyone this is me and and you're right here beside me for me right now like client work has totally taken over my diary um but something that's a real big focus for me 2023 is kind of get back on the ground um replying to comments replying to dms um i do my best but anyone on socials like you know it's not easy it's not you can't reply to everything Mm -hmm, I'm the worst like my dms are just a a pit of (laughs) unanswered (laughs) messages that I've replied to in my head where I go yep I'm gonna reply to that Mm -hmm. and then I never do and then they message again about something else and I scroll up and I feel really guilty and you have to just remember nobody cares that much Mm -hmm. it's okay it's true but I'd imagine you still do a fair bit of that you're probably being a bit hard on yourself saying you could be doing better Uh you're not posting and ghosting no yeah no never um as we said like really important to be in with the people um again I talk about brands like Gymshark and Lounge so often because in their comment sections on socials you know these people have millions of followers they are huge teams they don't need to reply to every comment like don't need to but Mm. they do anyway because they value community they value their 
people um and it goes back to what you said as well like business is people um plm would be nothing without the community gymshark could be nothing without their customers and community in a more strategic sense but yeah giving back probably the most important thing yeah is that a big part of building up that advocacy as well yeah because mm-hmm. i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. and i think something we don't talk about a huge amount is yeah. Mm-hmm. okay yeah we talk a lot about how do you get people to buy first but actually what does it look like to then turn your customers yeah. your clients mm-hmm. your community into basically a lot of marketing minions for you yeah. I mean mm-hmm. that makes it sound really icky doesn't <laughs> it like we're like manipulating people it's not that uh-huh. but yeah it's in- encouraging people to then be your advocates yeah. there's some other topics I want to touch mm-hmm. on so just for people whose ears will have pricked when you mentioned that yeah. Is there any like one tip or couple of things you could mm-hmm. share with people that helps them to build that advocacy within their community? Oh, yes, absolutely. For me, it's all about filling needs through content. Um, so my whole PLM strategy, I work with clients on it as well. As I said, like literally, especially it's my job to, to build communities. It's, it's what I do all day, every day now. We are always deep diving into our community target audience clients community members customers whatever you might kind of do and sell online so whether that is I do a Q&A on stories on PLM every week and I don't just do that to answer them on stories but I do them because I want to know what people need right now so if I get 10 questions out of 30 about how to find clients I know that that I guess numbers percentage wise um like that's what people are looking to know right now so then I can go and solve that problem or or fill that need through a Instagram post a LinkedIn post a webinar um but constantly keeping up with what your audience need from you right now I before the PLM Facebook group I was in like other marketing Facebook groups and I used to literally write down like what people had posted um you know hey guys having an awful time at work I, I'm not getting along with my boss and I'm worried because I want to quit but it's too soon awesome I, I can solve that I can, I can make a post about that because I know mm. that is the exact sort of person who is going to be in my community in my customer base client base and now I can kind of almost position yourself as a solution so yeah number one's absolutely to, to, to solve those needs fill a problem um, number two interact as we've said as much as you can I know it is so difficult um, but probably one of the most important things in three sharing as much definitely depends on the niche and what you're trying to achieve but Mm. sharing as much of you as possible um so whether you know you work in a team and someone has a really awesome story i saw the university of bristol post on linkedin earlier this week and their post kind of blew up um and they were celebrating a young girl who got pregnant at 18 or maybe earlier and looked after her daughter all through uni graduated with awesome results um and just really highlighting that resilience of an incredible young woman because motherhood goodness me that is difficult Mm. a degree is also difficult so to do both of them superwoman so even at like highlighting those in your community bring them up with you but you know just being vulnerable in that but yeah I think number one always going back to your audience is probably mm. the most important thing if you don't have insights yet looking at competitors um you know starting up a tech brand or, or marketing agency totally from scratch you don't know what people need from you yet yeah but people have done it before. So what do their comment sections say? What do Facebook groups say? There's so much on social media, you just need to know how to use it. So yeah, always going back to back to the people. It's a great reminder, I think, at any point in business, there's always benefit you can gain from totally. 
clarifying and reminding yourself of who it is that you're speaking mm -hmm. to and a great tip in there as well that it doesn't always have to come from your own community because yeah. I hear that I don't want to call it an excuse but that response a lot of like well I don't have an audience yeah. I don't have people I can ask and it's like yeah but someone else has an audience totally. that you can go and like you said observe mm -hmm. or just see what you notice and there's always always something you can learn I think that's fantastic let's talk about LinkedIn you are <laughs> I'm just going to crown you right now as one of the queens of LinkedIn oh that's too kind <laughs> you are fantastic at it you are the person that inspired me to get on LinkedIn I was terrified of it for years mm -hmm. as you'll know I know we chatted about it and it was a platform for me that I just felt so intimidated by yeah. I felt like it was going to be really stuffy I felt like I was going to get trolled as soon as I posted something I just didn't know where to start I feel like you are living proof and so many people as well that I've now discovered almost through connecting with different people it's a bit of a like butterfly effect isn't yeah. it like you find one person and then in a week mm -hmm. later you're like oh so many great people yeah. I think your brilliant proof that LinkedIn is really current and a really impactful platform for businesses. Yeah. What's like one thing you wish everyone knew and understood about LinkedIn? Like, do you see that misconception a lot where people think it's stuffy, it's outdated, it's not for me? Yes, I do all the time mm. and I you know you love something so much that whenever <laughs> someone like talks bad about it like I feel personally offended <laughs> um like I didn't make LinkedIn I don't work for LinkedIn although it definitely might seem like I do some days um but whenever someone's like it's awful I'm like oh well now I'm upset because I've taken that personally <laughs> um it's like it's your child yeah I yeah I love the platform so much and I always feel really boring when I say that LinkedIn's like my favorite platform. PLM has the biggest audience on LinkedIn between myself and the PLM page I think. Oh my god I think there's like 200,000 people. Wow that's a lot more than wow. more than I thought. So like business-wise in a strategic sense like the power and opportunity to get in front of new people is just incredible um linkedin has the most insane organic reach um i know we often talk about how tiktok has amazing organic reach um but the thing is with linkedin like it's consistent you know on tiktok you might get a million views once a month or once every six months depending on what what goes viral i don't understand tiktok at all um no i put posts out and i'm like this one is gonna fly mm -hmm. and then I keep refreshing it like I think TikTok's broken story yeah. of my life yeah it's not, I tell it's myself my I'm shadow banned I'm not <laughs> <laughs> they've blocked me yeah. classic I've been cancelled but like on LinkedIn you can achieve those results consistently yeah. so you know on Monday your post might get 20,000 impressions which is a lot of people and then Thursday and Friday it could be the same if not even more so the power on there is just absolutely insane um, I think I was quite lucky when I started on LinkedIn because I almost went in with like blind confidence. I knew nothing mm. about the platform. I've been on there a few times through uni, you know, posting like, hello, I'm looking for a job and obviously got <laughs> no responses. And then it was in that January when I got uh, an inquiry through LinkedIn about freelancing. I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to post on LinkedIn. I almost didn't give myself time to overthink it, which I think is a good thing. Like now, if I was to start on a new platform, for example, I'm on TikTok for PLM. It was my New Year's resolution this year to post every day. I think I posted 12 times and it's November. I did have one go, I, I guess it depends how you define viral, um, but one got 1.5 million views. I Ooh. would say that counts as viral okay, because cool. we did <laughs> ring one of my friends, Lucy mm -hmm. Hitchcock. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know of her. She's founder of Partner in Wine. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. She is TikTok She's amazing expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we rang her actually during an episode and I was like, what's the definition of viral? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lucy said 100,000 views. 
on no, TikTok. T- so viral. you've smashed that. <laughs> Definitely viral. It was like totally by accident. Um, my TikTok strategy is if I post like a reel on Instagram, I'll just shove it on TikTok and see what happens. Hope for the best. Um, Isn't it humbling being on a new platform? It, oh God. Oh my goodness. You know when people are like, oh, I don't understand social media and you're like, how like it's so easy i guess like our generation we we grew up with it it's both of our you know it's our job now so it's really easy to be like oh what what are you on about like it's so simple you just post it's so easy Mm. um but yeah when i started on tiktok i was like i get it now like you're right guys it's hard yeah but yeah like when i started on tiktok now like totally overthinking it i think every post has to be perfect whereas when i started on linkedin like i had none of those thoughts and I don't know how or why I managed to kind of climb over that hill but the opportunity for organic reach on there is incredible Mm. um I was actually reading a Hootsuite article this morning which makes me feel very clever I don't read articles very often that's a good line to pull out there I was reading an article this morning say that Um, at your event tonight you sound really smart well it's for the event tonight I was like I'm having a bit of a panic to be honest so I was reading about like 2023 marketing trends see if there's any like cool sentences I can claim as my own but one of the points it was like a, a 20 point list of like all the things that they predict are going to be big in 2023 and one of the things on there that I was really happy to see was LinkedIn I was like oh cool yes agree um so obviously I'm gonna bang on all about that tonight at the event um but yeah like the community and culture over there I think has really shifted um I see a lot more people posting now um and it's not all that like corporate stuffy job announcements which are like they're they're nice to see you see a lot more people being people now which is awesome um but yeah like totally changed changed my life sounds silly but yeah it did doesn't sound silly at all it's <laughs> nice to have some hope around yeah. LinkedIn it's always helpful <laughs> when you hear from someone who's done it because yeah. I think then your brain can't listen to all of those fears totally. that go oh it's not mm-hmm. for me or it's not going to work it's like well here is an example yeah so mm-hmm. why don't we give it a go mm-hmm. if you were advising someone who is starting now yeah there'll be I'm sure many people listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. and I say many because I was definitely there six months ago who you know they've got a dusty LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. maybe they've not updated their jobs (laughs) for 10 years and you know it's just got some weird old co-workers on the feed what are your maybe top tips for how to get started on LinkedIn what do we all need to be doing my go-to advice on this is always just go for it which is awesome it's encouraging but it's like totally unactionable yeah can um, I give you three categories then yeah tip for awesome. each. okay mm-hmm. we'll go a little quick fire here one tip for people's profile because I guess that's mm-hmm. the place to start right yeah. is building out your profile mm-hmm. what is your the biggest mistake you see people making or the biggest thing that we should keep in mind mm-hmm. when building out our LinkedIn profile I think making it all about you. A lot of people are like, I work here, I've done this, these are my skills, but actually who are you as a person? I love it when people have in their headline like marketing assistant at ASOS and then it's like, um, I don't know, like female rugby champion or equestrian or I don't know, like just like a little hint of, of who you are outside of the workplace and professional space. I think, yeah, wherever you can add you, whether it's telling your story in your bio, whether it's a picture of you in your header or again, using that headline to say you know chess champion or I don't have many hobbies so I don't know what people would put there because that's what it's about you know it's just the same as your Facebook profile or your Instagram profile Mm. it doesn't need to be treated any differently what about then when it comes to posting if people Mm -hmm. think right I've ticked the box I've made my profile now I want to post some stuff on LinkedIn yeah Mm-hmm. what is like one thing you wish we all knew about how to write a good LinkedIn post type how you talk 
o'clock if you have a spare few hours and you don't have anything better to do <laughs> um, and you wanted to scroll all the way to the bottom of my posts firstly it definitely would take you forever um, but I remember one of my first LinkedIn posts again that January time I mean I was on LinkedIn I was posting consistently doesn't mean they were good because they weren't I remember resharing an article I think it was from Forbes and you know like when you repost something you can like add a comment at the top of it yeah and the article was all about the future of work being hybrid because obviously we're in a pandemic it could have had to be at that point I wrote a one-line commentary that added nothing and it was could the future of work be hybrid Sophie that's what the whole article <laughs> oh my goodness the whole article is about it um Sophie's hot take yeah mm-hmm. here are my very interesting thoughts but now over the past kind of two years being on LinkedIn I type exactly how I would talk so even like the ad-lib words that you say gotta wanna um I'm concentrating now so I'm trying not to but I often say words like literally basically kinda popping those in as you would say them Whenever I write a LinkedIn post, I'll read it back to myself, whether that's in my head or verbally. And if it sounds nothing like what I would actually say to you or a friend or, or a co I don't have coworkers or a client, <laughs> then I'm not going to post it because it's not me. Something I find really helpful sometimes if I'm struggling on what to post, maybe I want to do a roundup on my thoughts on 2023 marketing trends. Um, I will ask myself the question again, verbally or in my head. I will type out my answer and then I will turn it into something that could be read in a post on LinkedIn. That's a great Rather tip. than, right, I need to make a post about 2023 marketing trends. Actually, here are my thoughts and now I can start turning it into something. Um, kind of like a first draft of, of a book, I suppose. You're going to brain dump, word vomit, and then your next step is going to be to turn it into something great rather than expecting the first thing you type to be great because it's probably not going to be. That's a great tip and really reminds me of how with my friends, we always joke about the language of linkedin ease, mm-hmm. where <laughs> people seem to just switch on this weird corporate vibe yeah. when they're on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And we always joke about it in our friendship group if someone will get a new job. And, you know, we would chat to them in everyday life like, oh, my gosh, congrats. So proud of you. Well done. And there I am commenting on their post like, well done, Victoria. <laughs> so well deserved. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoy celebrating no exclamation mark no emojis Mm -hmm. and it's weird isn't it how LinkedIn doesn't tell us to perform in this different way but we all seem to just turn into robots Uh uh-huh I am um, that reminds me of the weekend I met up with like I think it was like 30 or 40 I don't know how many people were there but everyone was like from LinkedIn or from the internet mm. um and it was really funny because we were sharing the same the same joke talking about how like right now we're all having fun like people are on like their 10th shot people were dancing with like random people that weren't in our group like it was carnage but in the best way and then we were like joking like you know you're gonna be sharing your top three marketing tips on Monday aren't you and in the comments we'll be like yes great I agree <laughs> have you considered this and yeah no I totally know what you mean I did a webinar with an awesome friend of mine called Shawabe it's on the PLM website um, if anyone wants to have a watch um, and we talked all about personal branding which is a very confusing marketing buzzword essentially personal branding is just what you're known for it's your corporate reputation it's who you are in the workplace or online and Shawabe described you on LinkedIn and the best people on LinkedIn he said take their offline selves online Mm. um so again typing how you talk um I have an amazing friend called Izzy who plays um women's rugby and she always posts about it I think it's even in like her headlines she shares pictures because that is her taking her offline self online um so yeah any way that you can do that I think you want to want to a winner 
That's a great tip and a very comforting one. Yeah. You're not going to overthink mm-hmm. it. You just need to be you. Yeah. The final area then for you to give a tip mm-hmm. in would be engaging with others. Yeah. Because what I've seen from the way that you perform on LinkedIn, that's uh-huh. a weird way of putting it, <laughs> the way you show up on LinkedIn is that you're not just putting your message out there, but you're also joining in on other conversations. And I know that's actually a really valid LinkedIn strategy by itself is not posting, but actually just engaging with others. What's a tip that you could give around how to best engage with others on the platform? Oh, engaging with others is the best strategy. If you're too afraid to post right now, pick like three to five people in your niche, whether it's people you know, maybe you follow from other platforms. You know, people like Stephen Bartlett, he's on the telly, but he's also on LinkedIn, so you might recognize him. Other kind of celebrity entrepreneurs, co-workers that might use the platform frequently, just start commenting, because then you get to know people, they get to know you. And then by the time you post, people kind of already know who you are, you've introduced Mm. yourself. So I have post notifications on for people I like genuinely love on the platform I think sometimes if you just open up your homepage and you're scrolling like I don't know where to start I don't know what to to add in the comments I don't know what to say I don't know who these people are um so finding people you're familiar with I think is the first part I mean guys you're always welcome in my comment sections I always try and try and reply or at least give it like a like or a love or a laughing face um so maybe that could be a nice you can join my community But yeah, finding people that you recognize and you're comfortable with. If you know no one on LinkedIn and you're kind of getting started from scratch, looking for topics that you're comfortable talking about. So, you know, I might go on hashtag social media because I'm happy to talk about that. Hashtag community. Um, But what are you really good at talking about and how can you find posts in that space and start making friends? Um, It's almost like your first day of school again, isn't it? Where you don't know who to go up to, you don't know who to talk to. Um, But it's looking for those people that maybe they're wearing the same shoes as you or you know they're listening to the same music as you and and there's always going to be people on there for Mm. for everyone love it we've heard it here first everyone (laughs) I feel like that was so much LinkedIn gold in the space of about 10 minutes and I could ask you so much more but I'm conscious of time and I want to end this conversation with a topic that actually I think you've brought up already which is your anxiety Mm -hmm. and how for you anxiety interacts with your experience of running a business and showing up online something that actually prompted me to start this podcast in the first place is that I experienced depression really early on in my business journey and I felt so alone because I couldn't see people talking about the interaction between business and mental health Mm -hmm. so I think you've shared a little bit already about how that shows up for you but I guess from your perspective what does running a business with an anxiety disorder look like oh it's the worse there's nothing like it is that it's like you know what your brain is telling you is wrong but you literally just can't help but listen yeah um I think especially if you work alone as well it's not you can be like hey team like what do you think of this idea like I am left to my own devices which is my brain being like that's the worst idea even if it was good Sophie you're going to do the worst job so you just shouldn't do it um worrying about the future worrying about the past worrying about everything Mm. everything there is to worry about um for me I think being an entrepreneur starting a business has been the biggest test of my mental health I for the past six months totally overwhelmed with with business I know that I want to go to the next step in my kind of journey but I don't know what that is I don't know how to get there figuring those things out on your own is really really hard something I try and do again on LinkedIn is I there's nothing I won't share Mm. in January I literally posted a photo of me crying I did a post I think a few weeks ago talking about how the internet like it's not 
real. In October, I did my first ever speaking gig. I did my first ever PLM event. Like the most amazing things happened and I shared all of mm. them on LinkedIn. And I think I was getting very aware that it was turning into a bit of a highlight reel. Like every time yeah. something awesome happened, I'm like, oh my God, guys, I can't believe this. Thank you guys so much. We're in this together. And then a few weeks ago, I was like, oh wait, like actually I've had a really crap month despite all these good things happening. Mm. Um, so I think I just popped a post on talking about how like, you know, all you've seen this month is me doing awesome things. But what you haven't seen is me working seven days a week or like skipping my lunch every day or mm. be feeling fatigued, even deciding what I want for dinner. Cause I'm just like totally burn out and I've taken on like my personal responsibility <laughs> um to talk about those things online because I think some people do but there's often voices shouting louder I saw an amazing post from Vicky Patterson today who she was on Geordie Shaw she's done loads of other things since talking and she was just sharing pictures of her and a normal skin texture and you know what happens to your tummy when you when you sit down and all of these amazing pictures but then right underneath was a picture from Kendall Jenner living her amazing like aspirational life with like three million more views likes comments and mm. I think often those voices speak louder so yeah I really try hard online to use up my space to, to normalize these things you know sometimes yeah. things are crap and we don't talk about it and those that do are often kind of outshone I suppose by those glitzy glamorous things mm. in life and I think it's so important to acknowledge that mm -hmm. because our brains can look at other people's highlights reels and think oh totally. gosh everything's perfect or it's just great all the time but you're so right that I mean, I see it that most of the time when things are going great, that's when often things are the most challenging yeah. mm -hmm. as well. And you just feel so much less alone, don't you, when you know totally. you're not the only mm -hmm. one. What helps you when that anxiety is showing up in your business, whether it's maybe that you're kind of, I don't want to say overthinking and then, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of diminishes it at all. But, yeah. you know, if it finds that it means you're kind of spiraling in terms mm -hmm. of what you're thinking or if it's fear or it's worry. Like, yeah. what kind of helps you to, I guess, be the best business owner you can be? Mm -hmm. Sounds like small advice that we've all heard before but like genuinely just talking about it I I like voice note my friends I live with my partner and he's amazing even like my parents I don't think my parents know what I do but um but you know that they're they're, they're encouraging <laughs> they're so encouraging mine was like know. cool yeah mm -hmm. keep going they're like my parents actually whenever I do like a free webinar event they'll always sign up and like sometimes they tune in oh, um so I've been doing like a month of marketing where I've been doing different topics each week and I did one all about LinkedIn how to use LinkedIn my parents don't need LinkedIn. They don't use it. Did they watch anyway? Yes. Um, so so like, sweet. super lucky to have great people around me. Um, but just being like, hey, like I really want to do this, but I've convinced myself it's going to fail. Like, what do you think? And almost getting out of your own head and saying it in real life, outside of that headspace, is really, mm. really useful for me. Sometimes as I say it, I realise how silly I'm being. For example, last week, just had a really busy week. Um, this week is Black Friday week, so everything with my clients is super busy. Um, and I just haven't had time to make content for the PLM Instagram. And last week, I was like, I really could do with a week off. Like, I just don't have time to create content. I feel so uninspired, but oh, if I don't post for a week, like what will happen you know yeah. what will people think and I remember saying it to my partner and he was like Sophie like in the best way no one cares and I was like oh my goodness you're right because when was the last time you know your favorite influencer or your favorite brand didn't post for three days and like your life was destroyed because they didn't like absolutely never when you say something you almost sometimes realize like oh okay like it was my brain mm -hmm. that spun that into something much bigger um, I mean, obviously, if you're like super duper struggling, always seek professional help. Um, love the people around me, but I don't think they could 
help me on a level that a GP or therapist or counsellor weren't. But yeah, being able to, to speak it out with someone you trust or again, someone professionally, probably the most useful thing for me. Mm. And does your anxiety show up at all when it comes to like public speaking or doing events because I know that's something you're doing more of now Mm -hmm. has it taken a bit of time to get to this point oh my goodness absolutely so I did my first ever in-person event last month which would have been October so it's been two and a bit years since I started PLM so the first ever event was a panel so it was like safety in numbers I felt okay it was like an all women's event as well which like somehow just made me feel a bit a bit, yeah. bit, bit more comfortable it was a graduate event and I was talking about something super easy I also knew that people weren't there for me so there was like less pressure however a week later I had my first ever PLM event it was a, a room of 50 amazing people I actually cried all the way home but in a good way because I was just like so happy that everyone had a good time but on that night it was a night of networking and I was going to share a presentation some thoughts um, on how to build a personal brand um, and last minute I just like convinced myself I couldn't do it so we just networked all night and um, it worked really well in the end everyone mm-hmm. had an awesome time I don't think anyone would have noticed that like a segment of the night was missing yeah um, got really positive feedback but yeah like in that moment just totally convinced myself like I can't do it so, so I'm not going to and like literally shut down I don't think anyone could have done anything to convince me that like I could do it in that moment yeah um, but then again yeah doing an event that's going to be in front of much more people it's going to be live streamed um, and there have been so many times since I've been invited to do it where I've been like what excuse can I make to get out of it <laughs> I think it might be my dog's birthday yes. that day sorry uh, oh look my car has it's blown up I can't make any more um, but like forcing myself you know stepping on that train that there's no there's no turning back now when I'm on that stage tonight I'll probably look like the most confident person in the world um but internally like heart palpitation it's <laughs> gonna be terrifying I've been stressed and oh, you'll be amazing um but yeah uh, it goes back to that thing like you said it's really easy to see people doing amazing things mm. and thinking that it's easier it's just you know it is it's super awesome for them and it will never be like that for you but you just never know what's going on underneath um but yeah, absolutely but thank you for showing that so honestly because I think it helps people to see what's possible because mm-hmm. you realize oh actually I relate to a lot of those totally. feelings so maybe I can still do those things and I think also it's a great reminder that so many things in business are muscles yeah you know you probably wouldn't have felt comfortable hosting an in-person event the first month mm-hmm. that you started PLM but two and a bit years on okay yeah that did feel okay and it's like the only real difference there is practice right Mm -hmm. that you just get a little bit more confident every time and it's it's baby steps isn't it like you probably shouldn't begin with a TED talk if you're scared of public speaking Mm -hmm. but maybe you could host an online workshop or be on a panel or a podcast Mm -hmm. and that's a an easier starting point totally I love Love that that. would the the you of two and a half years ago be shocked to see where you are now oh my goodness I think she would genuinely be on the floor (laughs) um even like a year or six months ago every month to me is just a surprise which again like a scary thing but probably the best thing step every time I've stepped out of my comfort zone it's never not been rewarding um so like you said the more you do it the easier it gets um it's just that first step is, is the scary bit but like you'll absolutely thank yourself for sure I love that. And on the note of what's next, what can people expect <laughs> from you and PLM or is it a bit of a watch this space? You know, I get this question all the time and I have no idea. Um, I think a lot of business owners are expected to have like a one-year plan, a five-year plan, but the best things in my life have just happened like totally sporadically. Mm. Um, although I've been doing PLM two and a half years, I've been freelancing two years, but I feel like PLM's really only just come into its own. And there are so many 
options and um yeah I think I'm just taking my time to enjoy what I'm doing right now that's great um far too often I think we're like right I've graduated now I can't wait to get my dream job or all right awesome mm. no I can't wait to get promotion can't wait to do this but actually what about right now like right now is good and I, I just want to enjoy it and yeah future Sophie can decide she can I love she can that. Delegate that problem, problem to yeah, future we're you. we're a team. <laughs> and I think as well, you know, when you've built a community, it's not that you have to really think too much about mm-hmm. what's to come because I'd imagine you can be quite led by opportunities yeah. that come mm-hmm. your way. So it's totally. like, actually, I'll just keep showing up. I'll keep mm-hmm. building my community. I'll keep doing me and kind of let the opportunities let you figure out yeah. where you might want to go. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The stars will guide me, I'm sure. <laughs> or at least I hope they will. <laughs> no, they will. Watch this space. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it all unfurl. Mm-hmm awesome thank you so much thank you for having me no as I said always honored to kind of share these things and love you love what you do love this podcast so to be sat here I'm very excited I'm gonna leave that as (laughs) as the ending don't think I can beat that so that's it for another episode of starting the conversation I really hope you enjoyed listening in as the title of this podcast suggests these episodes are only the start of the conversation so I'd love for you to continue that conversation by sharing your thoughts have you got an experience or perspective that you'd like to share related to what we discussed today I'd love for you to come and find me over on Instagram or LinkedIn you can just search my name Alice Benham and let me know what you thought and hey if you enjoyed listening into this episode why not share it on your socials or with a business friend it means so much not only because I love to see who's tuning in I like to know where you're listening and what you're up to but also just because it's one of the best ways for this podcast to reach new business owners and help even more people be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast because I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday with another episode so until then keep showing up keep taking the messy action I'm cheering you on you have got this (music) 